Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue? Or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a thing or two. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we started KookCast. Say it with me, the more I know, the less I'll kook it. <laughs> so bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. Yeah, and this week on the show, we have one of my favorite surfers, my good friend, Tom Cassie. And for more reasons than just his ability to surf and do cool things on waves, um, but his attitude about surfing and life in general. He's a super positive guy, almost to a fault. (laughs) If you're having a bad day, he might piss you off and annoy you with his positivity. He'll have you rushing across town to go surf knee-high waves. When you get there, you'll expect him to say, oh man, you should have seen it 30 minutes ago, it was so good. No, he's super fired up. He's probably already out there surfing it, looking at you, waiting for you to run back to your car, get your suit on and be as excited as him. And I'm not even joking. Tom is a frother. He loves to surf knee-high waves and big waves. You need a surf partner, he's your guy. Call him up, he'll be down to surf. This is a long one, so let's just get right into it. Well, there really is no non-awkward way to start these things. I was going to say, how do you how do you usually start these? <laughs> By, like, very just, awkwardly, every you time. You just fade in, you're just like... <laughs> That's the dream. I try, but I'm never. I've never done it once. <laughs> you know, like I listen to these in the car, and it always seems like it all starts the same way. You're just like, all right, so we got to start this. And yeah, yeah. Like, here we go. We've we been recording this whole time. You're like, yes. Yeah, it's, it's been about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I try to blend it like into like just a good pickup point where I'll be able to cut in right there. You know, and then other times I've like been driving to the person or wherever we're going to meet and thought to myself like, oh, this is the way I'm going to start it. I'm going to do it like this. And in my head, it's going great. I'm like, oh yeah, that's perfect. And then I try and do it and I just like fumble (laughs) all over my words. So it's better not, it's better to just accept the awkwardness and and barrel right through it until you get to the the normal part. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Until, Until you forget that you're even recording yourself, which I don't know, it doesn't even really feel like we are. No, not with this setup. I mean, I've done a few episodes with Ev down here. I love it, especially like the ambiance of our, you know, our home state. Yeah, <laughs> our, I mean, uh, just the, the rhythm of the, the swell right now. It's just like short period, just it's always a wave hitting the rocks. Yeah, yeah, plenty of, plenty of the white noise. This, this is like the, the soundtrack they record for like the, the sleeping soundtrack. Totally. Like, oh, this is it. <laughs> That's the period, dude. Somebody, so one of my one of my students told me that they they sometimes when they can't sleep they put on Coopcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, at first it was it was so perfectly half and half a total insult and a compliment <laughs> because it was like, oh yeah, you can't sleep so you put on something really boring. But then I realized like no, actually that's really nice. You know, like the soothing sound of the oceans on some of the tracks and. Maybe our voices, I, 
you know, like. No, drink. definitely. <laughs> like as it was, I laughed. I had the same response you did. I mean, for someone who like, so I I lived out here for the last like seven years, and I moved to the city for the last two years now, or year and a half, and just listening to the Kukas like on days when I'm just like I haven't even seen the beach for a month and I'm just like oh my god it's freezing it's like 40 degrees out it's like snowy and I'm just like back just teleported to the beach like in my car it's beach vibes it's the it's the best feeling right on so I did think a little bit about how I wanted to start it I mean it's gonna be pretty easy for us because we have some good good stuff to talk about but I thought it would be cool to talk about how we kind of know each other because we have a serious amount of good surfing time together and teaching time, you know, just basically all around water time on surfboards, uh, like through winters, you know, big swells. You're kind of like we've gone to like staycation surf trip to Jersey kind of stuff. Um, and we've scored a lot of really good waves together. And you, for a, especially when you were living out here, you were like my go-to call for yeah. when it was pumping. Cause I knew you'd paddle out no matter what. If I was like, here's the spot, it's pumping, let's go. You'd always be game, always. 100%, 100% I still am, let's, let's go, let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, you still are. I mean, I think that's, you, you gotta have like your buddy who, who's gonna go. Like, yeah. cause it's funny like how many people, like for me, like I'll just, I'll call everybody and I'll get like one person to actually paddle out. I'm like, man, <laughs> it's like, it's all you need really, but. It's, it's tough, it's a tough sell sometimes. Yeah, well, especially, especially if you're a groveler. Yeah, oh yeah, oh my gosh. You are the ultimate groveler, <laughs> the froth machine. Oh my gosh, so for anybody who doesn't know Tom, Tom will shortboard the smallest surfboard on the smallest, most crumbly day and actually rip. Like you could never do it, I could never do it. And somehow you're blowing your tail out on a six inch little crumbler between your students' waves. <laughs> <laughs> one for them, one for me, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if no one else wants it, you know. It's Most people go left at ditch, so I'm just looking for the rights. They're short, they're fast, and no one, no one sees them like me. I per feel like. <laughs> perfect in-betweener. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. I've definitely just always enjoyed shortboarding because uh, just the, the way you can can swing the board around like you can you can do so many more like exciting things I mean like I've, I've grown and I've definitely like branched out and as I've gotten older but yeah I put a lot of time in on the shortboard like honestly I was I was in the mentality where it was like I didn't even want to ride a longboard for many for 10 years probably mm -hmm. if I did it I was like it was almost like a joke I was like haha <laughs> yeah, longboarding look, at, look at me I'm longboarding ha -ha. yeah yeah I was like ha ha <laughs> that's so funny so, I feel like, the, and there's a lot of guys who see that, that like, you know, they're in their, their 30s or late 40s, and I'm like, dude, like, you gotta just, you should ride a longboard. Like, I understand it. Like, I've, I've been there, but like, you can also have fun on other surfboards. Like, plus like, longboarding, like you said earlier, like, it's the gateway to surfing bigger waves. Like, if you're, if you're good, if you're good at swinging a little board around in like, medium, small surf, but then you get out on a big day, like the biggest day you've ever seen, and you're on a big board, and you're like, oh, I'm just gonna ride this like my shortboard. It's not the same. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I was really stoked on starting to ride bigger boards, because I was similar, maybe not as diehard as you, but a shortboarder that kind of didn't give in for a while, and then I kind of found a happy medium with the mid-length. I love, like, the mid-length, 
but it was so beneficial to me on big days when you have to ride a big board and you feel kind of comfy. You feel kind of like, oh, I know this. Like, yeah. I know how to ride this board. As it's, opposed to being a shortboarder who just jumps on a big board and then all of a sudden, you know, you're trying to figure out how to ride a new board and pumping big surf. Yeah, you're going down the face of like a 20 foot wave and you're like, well, where's the tail? Like, <laughs> oh, it's all the way back there. <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, I think that's a lesson everybody kind of has to, <laughs> to embrace or, or sort of, I think there's so many lessons that like we try to teach people but there's just so many that they can't learn from anything but themselves right. and like experience in the ocean. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's, it definitely, I, I'm sure we, we make some shortcuts for people, but like you said, just there is so many lessons that you're just gonna have to learn the hard way by going through it and being a surfer and living the life that way and, and eventually coming upon that, that circumstance. Oh, you're right, it is a diver. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This is, this is the day to dive or that's the spot that's just like a full-on like underwater jungle there it's crazy when you like look at a spot every day and you just see the surface and you're like you just kind of assume the bottom is just like pretty plain and like the one day you dive down there you just see it is like the most beautiful like full of life reef mm. you know and you don't expect that in new york you would expect that like somewhere else but right right there's so many fish there i've seen like the most like out of place fish like in just in the rocks there sometimes but yeah anyway back to like my journey like I I started out surfing like small boards but I, I really was a boogie boarder that's where it all began like I my first wave which is probably my first memory like honestly I I can't remember much past before that I remember like the day before it because <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was such a significant moment like just to ride that first wave and I just, like, so my mom, I was actually totally anti the ocean at some this point. Like, I was like, really? I think I got just smoked. I was probably like three or four and I got like just drilled by a shore break and I was like, I'm over the ocean. I'm going to, I was, I did the thing where you would like run down towards a wave and then like on the sand mm -hmm. and then as it would come close, I would run back up the beach <laughs> and I would just do that all day. And my mom was just like, all right, like enough of this. And she like just picked me up and put me on a boogie board and I was just like kicking and screaming like, no, no, no. And she carried me out and just dropped me into a wave. And literally it was just like light bulb just flipped and it was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. It was just like such a strong like connection that from the rest of that day, all I did was run back out, jump into waves, ride on my belly. And then it just evolved into like, you know, me ride. I would stand on the boogie board, you know? I just started to, I think I was probably like four years old and I was just like surfing on this boogie board. It was like, you know, bigger than me. <laughs> so funny it's obviously you know like that's like the beginning to the surfing journey is learning how to ride some sort of craft in the ocean which is usually I think Ev and I always say like boogie boards the best you know small manageable soft you know you can run it right simple. up onto the sand yeah <laughs> simple basically you know aside from body surfing it's like it's the, the next step into like or it's the first step into learning how to handle craft in the ocean and uh it's it's there's so many lessons I, I that just recently actually I don't know if you heard this one but it kind of hit me while we were recording that one of the lessons you learn from a boogie board is to look up and look around you know like look where you're going that's true and I was like oh my god like that's why sometimes people like adults who are trying to learn how to surf get so caught up in the experience of riding a board that they look down at either their feet or their nose passing the water you know and they don't actually elevate their vision and look around 
and because they're not used to it. Whereas it's, somebody who comes from a boogie, bo boogie board kind of knows that already. That's true. I feel like boogie boards too. You get your uh, you get your beatings in. Like <laughs> you're basically just either wiping out or like just getting slammed or riding the wave. It's it's very you're riding like the latest drop you could basically take and just you know you're, you're you're feeling that energy. Like I always ask people now, I'm like, have you like if I just take a brand new surfer out, I, I start like, okay, have you ever been in the ocean before? Because like I've gotten people who you know they show up for their surf lesson and they're like, this is my first time in the ocean. And I'm like, whoa, hold on, like. And I've, I've actually just like gone from surf lesson to just holding someone's hand and literally just diving under waves with them. Right, Because wow. it's like, this is not the first thing you should do if you're gonna start surfing. You should probably just like go in, you know, dive under some waves, like feel what it feels like. It's, yeah, totally. Learn how to go through a wave and come out the back without all your hair in your face. Yeah, yeah. Like that's becoming one of my pet peeves actually nowadays is having people like go through whitewater or something or fall and wipe out and come up with a mop in their face. <laughs> And they just leave it there. I'm like, God damn it! Brush your hair out of your face. <laughs> totally. Just like cousin it's looking at you. You're like, I'm over here. And it's like, you got it. You're not even looking around in the first place, and now you're blind. <laughs> but it's like you're so right about that. Like those simple introductory lessons of like, okay, this is how you go through a wave without a surfboard. By the way. Yeah, it's such like a a foreign thing. I mean, like. I don't think there's many other forces like in this world that you can like sort of encounter that are so like direct. Like it's like you go outside and it's windy and you're like, oh, I'm getting blown back. Unless it's like a hurricane wind, right? Right. But right, like, right. I feel like waves. People sit and they look at them and they just go, oh, it's water. You know, it's how how hard could it hit me? You know, and then they and you get put on your back onto a sandbar and you're like, holy crap! Like yeah. I gotta I gotta reassess. Like I mean I mean that's the biggest thing is like the respect that you gain for the ocean and just like even small waves. Uh -huh. I yep. get slammed by small waves more than I do big ones. Cause I'm like, oh, pff, this thing can't take me out. And then like, I'll just sort of underestimate it and then just boom, like. Humbled. Yeah. So you never, you never really can let your guard down out there. It's... So talk about going like from the boogie board, having the light bulb go off, realizing that you absolutely love this thing what's the next steps like so then then it was on it was like okay this is just the most fun like you can have in a day because i mean like any day every day literally for all summer long so i grew up upstate like i grew up four hours from here so like basically the close this was the closest beach in my mind i didn't realize you could go to long beach or anything it was just like montauk and then warwick which is four hours so i had about two months to basically figure out surfing every year and so that's what I would do. I would I would spend all day, every single day, like from from the sun up to sundown, just surfing. Like I was just, and on a shortboard because I thought, you know, I, that's how Kelly Slater did it. So you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What 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 what? I mean, if he did it, how could it be wrong? So just I rode a shortboard in every single condition, you know, like literally half a foot, where I'm just the only guy out there, just trying to do one turn or literally just maybe ride one good section of a wave and yeah and just being happy about that like kind of like enjoying the struggle I was just mm. like this is great I knew what I was doing I knew I was like I am I'm doing the thing that no one else is willing to do and I'm gonna get the reward from it like I'm I'm going out in the days where no one else is going out and you know the people that I met surfing those days are the, the, the best surfers I know mm, you know wow that's such a good lesson right there because those are the committed ones. Those are yeah. the people who are in the same boat 
even if they're not on the same equipment and making the struggle as hard as you, they're still out there putting the time in on those days. They're out there in the gray, foggy, rainy days, like onshore, but like, but there's a section and they're having fun. They're like, it's the sunniest day they've ever seen, you know, like, it's like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so, it's such a good point. I love that. And it's so true. I mean, when you think about any of our friends that surf really well, they went through the same phases of like just loving surfing so much that nothing, I, you know what, honestly, dude, I remember wait, wanting there to be south wind because if I knew there was onshore wind, I knew there'd be at least a little white water and that means I had a chance at riding away. You know, like totally. sometimes offshore winds, I almost didn't like it for a while because like if there wasn't any swell, offshore winds would just like clean it right up and make a hardly a wave. Whereas like a little onshore, even on the flattest day, at least it made a little rough. Oh, you're like, I'm guaranteed. And it's funny because I think onshore wind waves are easier to catch. Hmm. You know, like you're probably right about that. Like, cause offshore you're, you're, you're paddling into the wind. You're, you're kind of going against the grain, mm -hmm. the waves holding up. You're like, I don't know. But like with, when it's blowing onshore, you're literally getting pushed into the wave by, by everything. The, yeah. the ocean's pushing you towards the wave. Yeah. And the wind. Yeah. That's such a good point. The only, I guess the only difficulty I see about onshore winds is like it ruffles the surface, uh, like the ocean surface. So like you kind of, cause you know how when you really get good at catching waves, you have like a breakthrough at some point in your surfing life where you realize like you don't even, you don't just turn around and start paddling when a wave is coming at you. You start to see the subtleties and the nuances in the wave face. And like even the wave lets the, the little chop from the wind makes little troughs and crests that you yeah. can use like chip shots basically yep. to catch a wave maybe easier or if you're not paying attention to it you can get caught on the wrong side of a wavelet you know and kind of get hung up and pulled out but when you make that breakthrough i mean then then forget it then you've got it no matter what kind of the wind is but like onshore winds really teach you that you know you have to consider those little chops on the face because you're yeah. going to run into them either way. Right, you know? right. So like, if you negotiate them and kind of use them, then they're going to help you instead of hurt you. Yeah. Like, I think Kelly Slater was talking about that, where, like, he was talking about when you're paddling for a wave, like, you know, you can just look at the wave, you know, turn towards the beach and start paddling, or you could pay attention to the little, the little dips and the chops and try to find that path of least resistance. Like, even, mm. you know, even in, like, onshore windsurf, and he's from Florida, so this is just... Offshore right is offshore there for them, you know, they, <laughs> yeah. that's a, onshore is the new offshore. They don't even know what good waves are. They're just, if they see it, like if it's offshore, they're the happiest people like in the world. Yeah. They don't even know what it is. <laughs> cause it's like, you know, it only lasts for an hour or they're the most sad person. Cause you know, like they were working and it, it was two hours of offshore surf and then, <laughs> and then it went onshore. But yeah, just, just to look for those little, like those little openings almost where like, if you're, if you're heading down a wave and you look and you see like, oh, there's going to be a path almost like a little shoot, like a slide where you're like, oh, there's a, there's a smooth little path there. I'm just going to paddle down that way. Yeah. You know, you, maybe you don't want to go that way on the wave, but it just gets you in before the wave right. breaks and then you're right. just, you're out of there. Right. And you can like catch way onshore wind waves almost earlier than you can offshore wind waves because you get those little waves inside of a wave that you basically are catching before yeah. the actual wave, you know, and totally. you're getting that chip shot to your feet and you're setting your line before you would have ever caught that wave in any other kind of a day. Uh, I, I, I remember that that being a major, major breakthrough for me as a kid, being like, oh my God, like this is huge. <laughs> this is, changes everything. <laughs> I, the best part of like learning to surf though is like, and I think it's like, it's hard to remember this sometimes after you've been surfing for so long, 
is that like learning is so much fun. Like every day is a breakthrough, especially as you like, you break through that beginner phase, you're starting to like go down the line and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm starting to get speed on waves. And then you start getting speed and, and speed is like the gateway drug to like wow. every trick, so every maneuver. True. And you're just like, you get one wave and you're like, I don't even know what that, that was, but I was gonna fall and then I didn't fall. And <laughs> oh my God, like, and you just, and then you should probably get out because that was like the best feeling, but you're like, I'm going back for more. And then you just like nosedive. But, like, <laughs> but, you, but it doesn't even matter. Like, I don't know how any other sport where you can take so much punishment and just remember the one good moment and be like, that was a great day. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's so true. Oh my God, right? You can have like, literally if somebody was watching you surf, they'd be like, oh, he didn't do so good. And they come out beaming because of that one little section they made or something. Totally, right? That's the, almost the problem of sometimes when you like, you get a clip of your wave and you're like, there's someone shows you and you're like, oh, I had this epic ride, it was amazing. Or like a good barrel. And then you see it and you're like, no, 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 show me the one. No, no, show me the good one. Show me the good one. They're like, this is, this is it, man. You're like, what? Like you're, you're, the feeling of surfing is so much better than sometimes watching yourself surfing. It's I think always yeah. the feeling of surfing is better than the vision of you surfing. For sure, yeah. I, I, even like Kelly Slater doesn't like how he surfs sometimes. Like you ever hear him critique himself? You're like, how? How can you criticize yourself? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's so. You're funny. the benchmark. He's like, nah. yeah. No. Look at my arm there. I'm like, are you serious? Like, so I think that's a part of it. Just you gotta enjoy it. You gotta enjoy like the little parts. And honestly, you and I right now, I think we're on a we're we're on a rebirth because we're we're foiling. We're oh my, we're God. evolving. Are we gonna talk about that? Let's talk about it because I am on record for talking about foils in a negative way. Well, <laughs> on the coot cast, but I've been converted. <laughs> I think it's good to uh, to be able to look at something from the outside and and say this is how I feel about it, and then do it, and then go okay, maybe I misspoke. Like, cause look, I'm I'm I understand like there's there's a lot about foiling that's not good. Like, if I'm going out in the middle of the crowd with a paddleboard, that's very dangerous. I'm going out with a foil like I could literally kill every single person like. On one wave. On one wave, yeah. Like, <laughs> it. I mean, paddleboards are scary, but foils are like swords connected to airplanes that are on top of like a surfboard. Like, it just doesn't it doesn't really fit with uh, crowd surfing. Right. Well, as we learn, thank God, foils are most suited for terrible surfing waves. So that works out beautifully <laughs> for staying away from the crowd. Um, I got my first really good ocean foil wave on. Literally, you could have never done anything on it on a surfboard. You know, you might have been able to catch it because I yeah. did. I, I caught it on a surfboard. But as soon as you lift and get efficient, you know, and fly the thing, you can ride the wave in a way that you never could on the surfboard. And I got it from so far out the back in front of the cliffs all the way to the first parking lot. Oh and like, it even went through a reforming phase where like, I mean, I would have lost the wave way sooner on a surfboard anyway. But by this point, if I somehow, by some miracle, made it here, I definitely would have lost the wave on a surfboard. And I just kind of did like one or two up and down pumps and got back into it. It was like, oh my God, this is incredible. And I'm still so new. I mean, like, it's, it's definitely similar to that, like, that first wave feeling where you're just like, oh, this is another light bulb kind of like flipping off. Because, you know what's cool about foiling is that, you know, we're just like using it as like our surfing connection, but there's guys that are, you know, up in the middle of nowhere, like, or just, you know, central 
long Central America, like on just on lakes, you know, or wherever, and they're able to foil behind boats. On a windy day, they can just go out there and they can ride surface chop. Like they can actually surf for miles down rivers. Like it's, it's insane. It's just another way to connect to surfing. And I think the more you spend like time in any medium of like water where you're like trying to ride waves, you're just adding to your your overall like skill level. I think it. That was my problem. Was like I was like, oh, I'm just only a shortboarder. And the second I decided like I was gonna sort of do it all, it was like, wow, there's so much more to learn. Like, mm. you know, so like, what made you like convert and be willing to try new things? And when was that? Probably, probably teaching surfing, because I, I mean, just you know, John and all the other like great longboarders, Corey, yourself. I mean, like everybody around here. This is such an amazing longboard wave, and like. Don't get me wrong, I love shortboarding it, but th there's there's only so long that you can spend sort of being like, okay, this is this is actually a great wave. Like like I'm pretty much ignoring that it was a great wave. So now mm. now I'm uh I'm just looking at it like, okay, there's is there is there like how can I have the most fun? And I think the more f that's all that's all you're trying to do, really. Right. Like, just yeah, how can you like prolong the fun and be not like and be patient with like like not get impatient, you know, because like shortboarding, I could I could easily put an hour in, you know, any day, and yeah. like just give it an hour for sure. But if you're gonna be out there for six hours, you want to make sure you're ha enjoying those six hours, you know, and not getting fed up with watching people sail by you. But it was like a similar thing for me too, coming to longer boards, was just seeing like someone like John, because John's always rode longboards, you know, mm -hmm. like all his life. But seeing him absolutely fly, like you were saying before, speed. Yeah. Seeing him have speed, like be perched on the nose on a six inch to one foot wave, fly by you, and especially when you're like in the water paddling out right by, going over the wave and just absorbing all the, the stimulus of it, like not just the vision, like as if you were sitting on the beach, but like the wave, the sound of his board in Trent, you know, and just yeah. like, like sailing through. There was something about that that I was like, oh man, like you can't, you're gonna, you're gonna just rob yourself of so much fun if you don't let yourself try and, and get good at that. Totally. Look how fast he's going, and he's not even trying. <laughs> right, right. It's like, it's a two-foot day, maybe one and a half. It's like, I could probably wait for an hour or 30 minutes and get my wave, like a one shortboard wave that comes in. But, like, the amount of effort and patience it's going to take to get that wave, when I can just, every wave can be fun. And you know what it was, too, was, like, when I started riding longer boards, like, just, like, long boards, like, soft tops, whatever, you know, if I would ride one for a week, and then you get back on my shortboard, I would. I, I think I was afraid that it would make me worse, and I almost feel like it made me better. Ah. Because I was like, oh, my lines are being drawn out more. Like my style has like, I'm not like literally putting my chest in the water on every, you know, like on every way. Like I'm literally like standing straighter up. Like, and also realizing when you're in trim, like when you're, when the wave is doing the work, you don't have to. So it's like, how do I translate this to a shortboard? Like how can I take that moment when you when you climb to the top of the wave on a longboard and you're just in perfect trim, like it doesn't matter what board you are, when you get to that point on a wave, like you can just relax. You can stand mm -hmm. tall. It's like you don't have to rush into everything. And it's also like a mentality. Like you when I paddle on a shortboard, I feel like I have a totally different look, like a different vision of the wave. Like I look at a, I look at waves differently. I'm like, oh no, no, no. Like like just certain waves will pop up in my mind, like, oh, what's up, Glenn? Hey, what's up, Glenn? What are you guys up to? Oh, we're just recording an episode. Recording a podcast.
Blends funny. <laughs> All right, where were we? Well, somewhere. Somewhere in the ocean. Somewhere that is we'll never get back to again. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's no seamless connection there. Uh, I definitely don't remember what we were saying. Well, we were we were really getting into it, but um, now that we're back, let's watch Glenn cast a few here. Glenn with his broken foot is going back out there. Yeah, casting. yeah, yeah. Broken foot. Oh my God. Come on, Glenn. <laughs> Walking on the rocks. Glenn is actually legendary surfer, and he's he's actually part of my my kookiest story of all time. Oh really? Let's hear it. Yeah. So my very first surf trip, I'm 16 years old, like literally have only surfed Montauk my entire life, like pretty much only ditch, ditch and turtles, that's it. <laughs> Not even kidding. And so, so Gavin and Glenn invite me to come down with them to Tortola and I'm like just over the moon, like this is like the greatest thing ever. Best day of my life. I'm like, oh my God, I can't even believe it. So. They give me all these instructions, like, for your first surf trip, Tortola is like a great place to go, but getting there isn't just like get on a plane, get off the plane, you're there. It's like get on a plane, get off the plane, get on a ferry, get off the ferry. It's not that complicated, but I think I actually had two connections there. So it was like I had two flights and a ferry. The thing was, though, this was the first time I've ever flew by myself, like, period. Like, I hadn't, you know, I was 16 years old. So. So like okay, I get all these instructions like okay, don't don't do this wrong, don't do that wrong. So I had, yeah, I had a very specific list of instructions, and I was like, I got this, I'm gonna nail this, flying by myself. So I get a new board, like get on the flight, got my folder, it's got everything, it's got my itinerary, my passport, like all the steps of the instructions. Put that in the the pocket of my backpack, and the backpack had like a Velcro kind of like pocket. I put it in there and I put that in the overhead compartment, got on my first flight. So I get off the first flight and I'm like in Atlanta, just about to get on my next one, which goes down to St. Thomas. And I'm like just about to get on the flight and I hear like Tom Cassie or Thomas Cassie come up to the to the booth and I'm like, and it's kind of muffled. I'm like, is that my name? Like, did they just call me? <laughs> so I go up to the booth and they're like, are you missing anything? And I'm like, I don't think so. I got my backpack, got my phone. Like, what could I be missing? And they hand me my folder with everything, my passport, <laughs> my, my tickets, my itinerary. So literally on the very first leg of this flight, I almost lost it all. So they hand it all back to me. I'm like, oh, thanks. Like, oh my God, I probably should secure this. So, okay, so I get back in the plane, fly to St. Thomas, and I'm like, okay, one, there's one rule. There's, when you get onto the ferry, which is the, the ferry that takes you from St. Thomas to Tortola, sit by the door because the line of customs can be really long. So I get get into the ferry, sit right by the door. We drive like from one island to the next, like this beautiful drive, like just turquoise blue water. I'm just like in awe, like this is the coolest thing ever. And uh, so we get to Tortola and uh, there's two doors on the ferry, it turns out. And they open up the other door. So I'm <laughs> the very last person to get off of the ferry. And it's like, I'm just trying to surf, you know? I've been flying all day, and the sun's like starting to go down, it's like evening time. And Glenn and Gavin are like, what have you been doing? And we've been waiting for like an hour and a half for you. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was just, I, was just, I didn't know. I was just taking it all in. <laughs> so we, we finally, we get to the surf break, and they give me the rundown. It's like this beautiful like point break right with like a kind of a peak left. And I take out my new board, I wax it up, 
and I'm just like, oh my God, it's the first reef I've ever surfed. Like I, I know nothing but just the rocks at Trailer Park and the rocks at Turtles. And so this is like a legitimate reef. And they're like, okay, when you surf a reef, like just make sure that you get out in front of this pink shack and they, the pink shack, you must get out of the pink shack. So paddle out, everything's great. Like I have a great session it's just like unbelievable. The water's warm, like the board's working. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm riding my brand new board and a surf trip. Like I feel like a pro surfer. <laughs> so the sun starts going down and I surf, you know, it was already late. So I kind of surfed basically after the sun sets and I'm like one of the last people out, just me and Gavin. And so he, he goes in and I'm going in and so I'm riding away on my stomach and I look to the, like the far to the right down the beach and I see him standing, just waving his arms in the air, just going, no, no. And I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm looking at the pink shack that I'm going in towards and he's, and he's pointing towards the beach at another pink shack, like hundred feet to the right of that pink shack. <laughs> and I'm like, there's two pink shacks. And the second I like had this realization, I just dry dock it straight into the reef. Oh my God. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. Like I, I was making a point of not even touching the reef. I was so scared to touch it. So now I've just crashed into it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, like I have to get off this reef. But I was like really afraid to touch it because I just didn't know what it would feel like. So I'm like laying on my board and I can just feel my board sinking into the reef. Now it's like planted. Like my brand new surfboard is like stuck into the reef and I can't even get it off. I'm like, oh my God, I have to get off this board. So I, I get off the board and I stand into a pool of urchins. Oh my no. one foot. So then I jump and I, my other foot lands in another pool of urchins. God damn it. And I just, and I go to pull my board up and I have to like pry it off of the reef. It's like stuck. <laughs> it's like stuck into a coral head. So I like paddle back. I get out and I look at my feet and they just look like poppy seeds. They're just like, oh. literally both feet were just like little black dots all over it. And I'm just, I'm like, I'm still so happy. Honestly, I was like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> so like, I pulled those things out of my feet for like two months at least. That's so funny. I'm still so happy. <laughs> it didn't even matter. I was like, this is the greatest surf trip of my life. So did you keep surfing with the urchins? Oh my God, the whole time I surfed like the rest of the trip. Like my feet were a little tender, but it like, <laughs> I'll say. It kept me focused. It was, the pain focused me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's terrible. Kevin told such a good story about urchins. Oh my God, he like, he puts his, like he comes in, just the same thing, comes in the wrong area, puts, puts like one hand on the urchins, puts another hand on, he's basically doing a crab walk across urchins before he's like, I can't take it anymore. So he sits his butt down for a break <laughs> and, he, and he sits on the urchins. <laughs> oh man, I hope he had somebody there to pull him out because the feet were, weren't too bad, but the butt. Uh, that would make me so mad though. Like there's two pink houses. That's the definition of a bad landmark. It's not unique, <laughs> you know? I'll never forget. I mean, like, that was the best like lesson Look at Glenn, he's got a fish. Oh, all right. I mean, but that was like the best like introduction lesson to any new place. It was like, know the bottom, make sure you know where to get in and where to get out. And if yeah. you don't know, talk to someone who does. <laughs> Not Gavin and Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin's like, insists he told me it was the pink house, which he did. There was two. There was just there was just two pink houses, and one of the pink houses marked the urchin field. But no, I should have <laughs> I should have paid more attention. It's, you know, like, of course, like you. It's so hard to be patient and to not be so eager, especially when you're 16 on your first surf trip. Oh but like, God. that's another great lesson: is just take your time, 
take a moment. The waves are going to be there. The ocean's going to be there. Like, figure out where people are getting in and out and find your own landmark. Like, look back behind you at the beach, then look back out at the keyhole or wherever you're supposed to be getting out at and, like, line it up and know it so that you can get in safely. Yeah, getting out safely is, like, very underrated. It's something that you, like, sometimes it's much easier to get in safely than it is to get out safely. Look at this. Yeah, Glenn holding up. Too bad I should have, I wonder if I should have done video for this one. That would have been such a cool shot to see Glenn pulling in that fish in the background of us. Typical Glenn. He made that lure too. Makes all his own lure. I'm surprised he didn't make the whole fishing pole in <laughs> real too. He grew that tree. That's a sapling. <laughs> it was funny because after that too, the waves went flat the entire surf trip. But I like, it was like, you know, two foot. I thought it was great. I had, it was literally like the best first surf trip you could have because it set the bar so low that like I was just like, man, like, does it get better than this? It does. And literally, <laughs> everyone was just shaking their head like, kid, like, what are you talking about? This is the worst like conditions I've ever seen. This is the worst flat spell in years. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is amazing. Oh, it's such a good attitude to have. It's such a good like state of mind to be in to be just stoked on anything always frothed always amping you know because i mean what's the alternative be bummed right. out all the time be depressed be like no it's not good enough for me again well there's so many surfers that are just the opposite of that where they're just like the fair weather like they want that good day but yeah. they don't they're not willing to go out on the bad days and it's like you know surfing is so good for you that like you know what are you gonna do otherwise? Like, you gonna go to the gym? You gonna like, you gonna do some push-ups? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and you know what I always say about that whole like pickle, that catch-22 is, if you spend all your time waiting for the good day, first of all, you're not getting good enough to surf the good day. You know, you're not getting yourself in shape. You're not like polishing your skills. And then when that good day comes, you're gonna be out of shape and like heart, like so you have to put your time in. You can't really look at surfing as something you do when it's good. It's something you just do. It's something you are, you know? And like the condition is just the condition, but it's not the deciding factor. It's just, that's like, I, I feel like I'm almost having a revelation right now about it. It's like, it's a condition. There's always conditions on life. There's yeah, like conditions yeah. to things, but it doesn't make or break the day. It's just a factor that you have to deal with. So when the conditions are good or bad, quote unquote, that's just literally a condition you have to deal with. It's not a reason to go or not go. It's also just part of like the fun of, of the journey of surfing. Cause like, you know, there so much of about it is searching for waves. Like, you know, like everyone, hmm. you, know, you learn your main spot, but when you start to like branch out and like put the, put the pieces of the, the, the puzzle together, you're like, hold on a second. Like the wind's blowing from the Southwest. There's waves, but they're bad here. Like maybe they're good somewhere else. Like, and you start to search, you start to like realize like, okay, the people who are already wrote this day off aren't even looking. And so you're, you're already like, it's narrowing down the field. Right. And it's like, you know, like the best sessions are the ones that you find that you score where you, you feel like you found this little, this gem, this moment. It's almost like a moment. You're like, you, you realize like the puzzle and you're like, I, I, I can see that there's a moment like where I can, if I, might, if I just if I just go to this little spot, like maybe it'll be good, and it's yeah, like yeah, have a hunch and, and yeah, it's to. there's definitely a detective aspect of it where you're just like you get a hunch, and you're and everyone tells you you're wrong, and you just kind of go with it, and you find out that you're right. 
it's like such a good feeling like there's so many like epic feelings in surfing where you can just like they kind of like compound each other like each other and they like the more uh the more time you put in i guess the more you sort of like like just just the journey of like finding waves and like mm -hmm. exploring i think because it's not just like a, a it's not just like a an activity or, like, or a sport where you're just like athleticism is like the, the one and only thing that's going to make you good mm -hmm. it's like your mind like it tests your mind yeah. like it, no i love you're so right about that i love that too that's i think we both you know really like kind of um connected over that because you know especially in the winter when there's not much going on you know and and you got a swell coming and there's all these conditions in place you have to like balance them all out like okay the wind's gonna be this the but the tide's gonna be this and and the swells this direction and the but, but this is happening midday and then so like what are we gonna do where are mm. we gonna check first how are we gonna make sure that we check in order of what we think is gonna be best and then work our way down the list you know until we yeah. find the wave that we're looking for and it, it yeah it's it's really special in that way you know is dealing with that and becoming a kind of person who doesn't just show up to, I, I, that's like a beginner level which is great for them you need to just show up and go in but when mm. you break through the next chapter that next phase of your journey where you get to actually apply your skill to different places and apply your skill of understanding the ocean and conditions it's it's like it's pretty cool how you, no matter how long you're surfing even if your skill at riding waves is very like plateaued sort of you still become better as a waterman you still become better as a an ocean reader a wave reader you know and, and yeah. those skills improve because those it's are like, just like under they're, they're never talked about those skills totally like I, I think you have to sort of test yourself and say like if you're watching a movie and you see a scene where there's a wave in the background and you just go look at that yes right. you're whoa. like whoa look at that point break yes 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 and yes, then yes. you're like just watching this beautiful wave and you look at the person next to you and you're like do you see that wave yeah. and they're like what are you talking about yeah <laughs> That's and you're like, what's happening such, in this movie? That's so funny you say that because only a surfer knows that, right? <laughs> Where like some Hollywood movie, you know, is a scene on the beach and you're like checking the waves behind them. Yeah, you're like, and look you're like, at oh, that left. I surf that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, look at that little tube. Oh, that's totally surfable. <laughs> Sometimes I'll even recognize like a certain region of the world and I'm like, let's just devalue the whole movie. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> supposed to be in California. Yeah. That was totally Australia, yeah. that beach frame. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> so true it's funny like and I mean that was for me like I would only have two months to surf and so the rest of the year I was just like all right how do I become a better surfer without actually being able to surf mm. you know it was like what do I, what do you do and I just recreated the motions of surfing like I I became really big into skateboarding like surf skateboarding where you just essentially like you get on a skateboard and you just you do cutbacks and you do surf related turns and you just practice the the movements like the body mechanics of it absolutely and, like and you the just feeling of going up a hill or something right more like the posture like uh -huh. so basically like different positions different body positions are like much easier to replicate on land than they are in the water obviously and like a skateboard essentially you know surfers invented skating to replicate surfing on land and it for me i would get better at surfing like without even surfing. I would come back like after a year of not surfing, but like watching, you know, videos of surfing, playing like surfing video games, just visualizing surfing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm better. Like I didn't even surf. Yeah. But it was like the wave reading aspect and like the motions, if you could practice those without actually having to ride waves, 
like I mean obviously my paddling was always a little awkward the first few days I would yeah, yeah, you know I'd be, I'd be all yeah, kind of fitness is one is a different thing that's hard to replicate totally like even you know for, I think for all of us like like personally now that I'm I'm less of a full-time surfer and more of like when I when I'm not working like I come in I'm like damn my fitness is not like just just not it's not like at what it was it's not like it wasn't at a point where like it wasn't even a thought right it's like right. it's something like oh, I have to think about this too now mm-hmm. it's funny when you learn and you sort of like or when you're teaching and you have someone you're like all right go for this one go for that one go for this one and you're like you're like you tell them to paddle for a hundred waves in like an hour and you're like what are you tired like I'll catch this wave sure like you don't even realize you're like how tired are you really like it's amazing like the muscles of surfing are just like these they're unique they don't you can't just you I mean you could swim around a pool all day long but it's if not you're not doing pop-ups if you're not like if you're not doing the push-ups you know like it just doesn't connect dude okay so this is like this is kind of huge because we've actually done an episode because people always ask this question this is one of the biggest questions actually is how can you get better at surfing not surfing and like I, I think I just realized something like for one you can't the fitness of surfing you really can't you just got to surf yeah but you can get better you can visualize you can do the mental practice and I even like I have a story about how my mom taught me that when I was a kid but you so you have the mental practice and the visualization and then also like learning the ocean reading um, uh, like the surf reports and stuff even when you're not going surfing totally. you know and like starting to get dialed into that uh, what was the other thing you said that like kind of lit off a light bulb for me? Um, Possibly video games. Oh, that... oh, well, that's kind of the visualization. Yeah. But that was like, it really struck me like, no, that actually did help you because, well, here's the story for my mom. Like, I remember her telling me when she was a kid, she was doing this routine. She was a gymnast and she would do this routine, and but she couldn't do this one last maneuver to finish off the routine on the bars, mm-hmm. you know, and she kept missing the bar or something like that, you know? And so she went home like having you know not done it successfully however many times and just thought about it all night and I kind of saw and she said to me like I saw myself doing it and grabbing the bar like I saw it you know and then of course the next day the end of the story is she went and did it on the first try you know and I I, like I always remember that that kind of stuck with me because that's one of the ways you can get better at surfing by not surfing is like visualization video games or movies or magazines or just keeping your mind on surfing because your mind is so powerful. Absolutely. You know? And it, we always come back to that actually in a lot of our episodes where we're like, it's mental. You know, like, yeah. why is this the problem? It's mental. Why is this a problem? It's mental. You know, it's so it's, often not a skill thing. It's just mentality. I mean, because honestly, like, you're, it's random. Like, the, you're, you're never going to get that same wave again. Mm-hmm. You might get a similar one, but it's not going to be the same. The ocean's never going to be the same, like, two days in a row. It, like, there's always going to be, like, something that's different. So, like, if you can if you can like replicate emotion or if you can like sort of just prepare yourself for what you expect to happen you're already ahead of the game yeah 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 agreed 100%. like you have to sort of be like committed into like not just like it, when you're talking about one specific wave you have to embrace that way like you have to commit fully like and let yourself completely like say i'm going to drop into this wave and i'm going to let gravity do some work and let me let myself fall you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. like the, there's certainly Not hold back there's a there's a moment there's a threshold where you have to decide 
like I'm pushing through this and like I'm gonna go over the edge of this not knowing what's gonna happen. Mm -hmm. And sometimes like I'll, I'll get students where like they'll they'll have a, a wipeout or something where it just like we take them back to the other end where they're like, oh, I don't want to do that again. Like yeah. that that was a little scary. And I'm like, and I have to work them through that. I'm like we, this is something that you're gonna deal with. And like you know you become stronger just like mentally. You become more confident in yourself because you realize like okay I saw this wall it's like a physical thing of fear and I and I embraced it and I pushed through it and it's like I realized maybe it wasn't so bad it was it's more me than it is the wave like that's that's one of those things where it's like you know you almost like can assign emotions to waves You're like oh that's a scary looking wave hmm. and then you automatically like tense up like your whole approach to it just becomes so much less like it becomes closed-minded, really. Mm. And I think if you can be open-minded to, like, all different types of waves, like whether they're onshore waves, sideshore waves, offshore, you know, you're foiling. It doesn't matter how you, like, as long as you're, like, open-minded to all forms of surfing, you're going to get better, and it's just going to add to your overall skill and your confidence. Mm -hmm. Well said. And that really, like, that really kind of summarizes everything we've been saying, you know, the boogie board and body surfing and longboarding when you neglected it for so long, you know, like opening up your mind to the different craft, you start to realize that surfing is not riding any one particular board, it's riding the ocean. Yeah. That's what surfing is. And so no matter how you do it, whether it's a one piece of craft or no craft at all, you can surf. And it all, there's a lesson in it all, there's there's education in all of it. and man that's that's such a beautiful thing it's kind of kind of like becoming a dolphin or something you know? yeah. like being able to just do it so effortless so well so efficiently that it becomes play like it's right? not even work it's not even like an effort or a thought it's just play it's I mean, just what you automatically can do how cool is that that like even fish are like this is this is legitimately like something we enjoy doing yeah like, yeah yeah I always find it's interesting like when you're trying to like gauge waves like oh this is a steep wave and you look at it and you go you have this gut feeling where you're like, oh, this is scary. And it's more instinct than it than it's even a conscious thought. Like, if, for instance, like my dog. I take my dog down to the beach and a big wave is coming at him and he automatically knows what to do or he's afraid of that wave. And I'm mm. like, how does this dog, you know what I mean? Like, he doesn't really have, you know. He's not a surfer. He's not a surfer. He's just a dog. <laughs> he, he, uh, he knows sort of how to react. He's scared of this thing. It's like, how, what's built into us that we know to be afraid of that? Like, it's... <laughs> It's, it's like this weird thing we have to like kind of overcome and totally yeah and and that's where like learning the skills and the techniques that's where you know we actually this is what we do is like teaching people how to overcome that fear with the use of techniques and confidence in in your ability you know to manage that situation because it's true if you just turn around and arbitrarily paddle for a wave you're gonna get pitched more times than you're gonna make it if if you're ever gonna make it so like learning the skills, learning the things that help you manage the scary part of a wave helps you build the confidence, you know, and this, oh man, it always comes back to, for me to the fundamentals. You know, like if you have good paddling technique and you have good board control and you understand how to use your craft on the wave, it's all simple stuff. But when you know it, it gives you so much confidence to commit fully and go hard because who's the guy who's getting pitched and who's the guy who's making waves? The guy who's getting pitched is hesitant, is scared, is timid, is yeah. trying to do it, but not wholehearted. And the guy who's like fully committed, he went through the phase of like getting pitched and, and doing all that, but continued to press on and learn how to get through it by 
the use of like the right techniques and the right skills. Absolutely. And so you gotta, it's part of the journey and that's why surfing is so goddamn good because it like naturally selects those who are willing to go through that hard part and everybody else just kind of puts the board on the rack forevermore and never comes back to it, you know? I know, that's, that's such a sad thing. Like it's always sad when you meet a surfer or someone who's surfed and they're just like, ah, you know, I tried it and I'm like, really? Like it just didn't... Really? I'm like, like, how you, do you try it and not get addicted? You must not have gotten the right wave. I was like, because <laughs> I, I really just believe like if everyone got, gets like that one wave, like it doesn't matter what it is, but when you ha when you know, you'll know it when you get it. You're just like, oh. Well, this is this is just amazing. Okay, all right. So, what was that one way for you? Do you remember it? Oh man. Well, I it was when you it was said my that, first I remembered one. it. It was my it was the very first one. I mean, that was the the one that just the boogie board wave where I just dropped in and I, was, and I just landed in the white water and just was riding and I was just like, oh, this is this is this is endless fun. This is unlimited energy. Like we can just do I can do this all day. Like what you're saying I can just go out here no, no, there's no rules. I can just, I mean, there's some rules, but like if I'm by myself, if there's no rules, <laughs> like, like, and I can just do this all day until I'm tired. It's like, there's, there's very few things where like, you know, like for instance, if you're a skier, it's like, and you want to ski down a mountain, like you got to get on a lift unless you want to hike the mountain. I mean, you could hike that mountain all day, but I mean, how many times are you going to do that until you're exhausted? Like <laughs> surfing, you can take a break between your waves. You can take a breath, look around. It's usually warm. Unless you're here in February, <laughs> it's just like uh, it's just like what game do you see old people who are 70 and like children doing, and that are all having the same amount of fun? Wow, yeah, that's a good point. There's not many are like that, huh? I try to do whatever. Anytime I see something where I see children and adults, like really old people, just having a great time, I'm like. I should probably get involved in that yeah. because like that looks like a lifelong fun yeah, thing to do. Yeah, if you can do something that's lifelong fun, like. You're gonna have a happy life. You're gonna have a fulfilling life. It's just gonna feel like, you know, you, you spent your days well. I mean, look at Glenn. He's fishing. He's catching fish after fish here. Yeah, he changed his spot up, and I guess, guess things turned around for him. So, what do you think? Like, what do you think the future of surfing is gonna be? Like, wow. I think, I think in some ways it's a little sad, because. They make, there, there's going to be more, uh, not sad, not sad, just more available. But the thing is, convenience means something else has to be made less. You know, like if it gets easier, then something else has to get harder. And mm. I, and like, so if there's going to be more surfboards and wave storms and all that stuff, then that also means there's going to be more waste. There's like also going to be more junk surfboards, you know? Mm. There's also going to be more people just like doing it who are just kind of, throwing themselves into it and not really appreciating how sacred and special it is to the people who've committed to it. So I think we're going to see a lot of that and I hope that in some way without being ugly about it, we can find a way to make like a uh, like sort of just like a system for for introducing yourself to it. Like on the mountain for example. You know what I mean? Like if you go to a mountain and ski, like there's people around and there's rules in place and not that there isn't in surfing, but it just seems like it's easier to get a surfboard and go in the ocean without anybody stopping you. For sure. I mean, like the thing about like a mountain, there's ski patrol. There's there is like some sort of like authority that is is kind of like managing right. the mountain. Like you have to watch out for the ski patrol. And surfing, you you don't know who you have to watch out for. You don't know who that authority is. Whether he's just like that, like that guy that has lived 
at that beach for the whole, your whole life and you're just like god doesn't really you don't you don't know who he is mm-hmm. so like i think surfing has gone through this this rapid growth where like there's been way less sort of like enforcement for like like because yeah. remember when we grew up there was people who were like you know if you, if you showed up to their wave i mean out here especially but like anywhere on long island where if you showed up at the wrong wave with the wrong crew you were just getting kicked out you know they'd beat you up if you were like if you cut them off or if you didn't know what you were doing and like i'm not saying that's like something that i think is is healthy mm-hmm. in surfing but i think some like, aspect of it the aspect that there is there's something sacred about it and they're they're defending or they're protecting something that is like their territory that's important serving it's good that like you you know okay this guy has put his time in here he surfed this wave the worst it's been and so if it's the best it's been and you show up and you're going to take one of his waves like or you, you want to share waves with him like you have to give him respect like, yeah, there's a way to do it basically I think it's just res- respect <laughs> is like a a thing that like when you learn, when you're learning, you you might have heard like, hey, maybe there's some rules out here, you know. <laughs> like, but then you're like, but that guy, he's not obeying any of them, and neither is this guy, neither is anybody. Like, I mean, right, we see right. this all day long. We're just like, oh my god, like this is just. Yeah. This is how just, do you how do you teach rules in the middle of, of when yeah, everybody's yeah. breaking the rules? You know, you're you're in a riot, and you're like, excuse me, there's some rules here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> And they're like, watch me. <laughs> yeah, that. so that's, that's. I mean, there's a lot of directions you can go with that question of where is surfing going in the future. It's. But for me, that's my consideration is like, how are we going to deal with the growth of surfing as it gets bigger and bigger and more and more people do it? And there's no surf patrol. And, and I mean, this is why you see people out on days where they absolutely should not be out, you know, and getting into trouble. And then whose responsibility is it now? I mean, obviously all of ours, we all care about other people's lives, yeah. you know, but now we're all like having to change our day's plans and like put ourselves in a different situation and danger potentially because of what you didn't know to not do or do, you know, so there's got to be like, there has to start becoming some uh, like element of, of governance, of, of education, of, of like a, a standard that has yeah. to be maintained and there has to be like you know like i mean as simple as a blue square a green circle a black diamond you know even just that having like a surf i guess they try that with the green blue red days or or orange whatever but that's more like how good are the conditions it's not really like should you go or should you not go and it's so dynamic anyway like how do you it's really tricky it really is and i think about it a lot actually i think it's just like you got to put it on every single person like to try to act like to just make it a point to understand the rules you know and and like just to be respectful like so that you know like if you don't know you're stepping on someone's flowers you're just walking in their garden you're like oh i didn't even know this is your garden like i thought this was just like just a bunch of wildflowers like you're like no 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 there's like this i've been i've been here for a long time we're working in this one spot like you have to take it on yourself to understand like you know there's so many levels to surfing there's so much there's so many generations of people that have put time into certain spots that you like sometimes you, it's easy to look at a spot and just sort of like assume everyone's a beginner or like you know no no one really cares out there but if, if you make it a point to like understand the rules and be respectful like you'll you'll earn credit like i think that's the biggest point is like people they see they see the ones that stop you know or or if you do something wrong you apologize it blows my mind how many people I see like daily 
I mean, granted, we surf at a beginner spot, but like, they just run someone over and they just don't even apologize. And I'm like, <laughs> like, come on, just ready. Like, if if my student runs into somebody, I'm like, say you're sorry. Like, yeah, you just did, ran did, that guy over. Did, and they're like, did you say you're sorry? I'm like, <laughs> like this is this is just basic like being a good human. But like, I don't know. Sometimes when people get in the ocean, they're just like, it's the wild west. All rules, throw them out. Like, I'm out here and. It unknown does, it does feel like that sometimes for sure i mean it's it certainly especially when you're by yourself you're like it's just you versus the ocean and i think that's kind of how a lot of people look at it like it's me and the ocean and i'm just gonna i'm gonna do what i can to survive take what i can take no prisoners it's like survival <laughs> of the fittest kind of but you're like no 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 there's other people out here who are pretty fit but they're just they're just not running you over because they they can, they because they can turn. They they know because <laughs> they can turn. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Just just look both ways before you catch a wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Start there. That's a good rule. But man, I, I don't know. I'm optimistic about the future. I think that like, especially in surfboard design, like you know, if granted surfing is only you know maybe 200 years old, maybe a little longer than that, but if they started with just planks. And then they made foam and they're like, this is, this is the end all be all. And we're still just, we, you know, like the first evolution from, from wood, like balsa boards to foam, that's still the standard. Like a good poly blank, a good poly surfboard, that's still like the standard. Like I feel like there's something more. I mean, there's got to be. I mean, I guess foiling is kind of starting to be it. Not that it's brand, brand new. It's, it's kind of new for surfing, but there's been foiling hydrofoiling around for a while like sailboats have been yeah doing for yeah years. that's right that's interesting i mean i even look at like skimboarding and i've been watching a lot of skimboarding lately because i i see like them get on waves and i'm like they're onto something they there's zero resistance on yeah. a skimboard you know like they're yeah. they can carve they're doing airs or pulling the barrels and i'm like okay so like and then now i, I even see like some of them like if you're you ever follow blair conklin Oh, he, actually, I don't follow him, but yeah, I, I've seen his clips. He paddle, he he catches waves on the skimboard. I'm like, okay, so you're paddling out on your stomach, like, this is surfing. Yeah. This is just free. It's almost finless surfing, but like the board is the edge, and I'm like, there's something there where it's like, there's there's a more efficient way that's not foiling. Because foiling is super efficient, but there's an efficient surfboard design that mm. they're they're gonna come up with. It doesn't have a sword and an airplane connected to <laughs> yeah. it. In yeah. the meantime, you and I are going to be flying off in the sunset. <laughs> it's a shame that the foil setup looks so ugly. <laughs> I hate it. I do. I feel like an alien walking down the beach. I'm just like, this yeah. is my spaceship. Yep. I, I really don't like it, I got to say. Like, the feeling of when I got my first surfboard and how proud I was. I, like, right, dude, right. I remember the day I got my first surfboard and went to the beach. The waves were shit. But I was just so proud to walk up and down the beach with my surfboard in my arm. Like... True. I'm, I'm a surfer. I'm checking the waves, you know. And now with my foil, I'm like, how do I hide this thing? <laughs> I attach it to the roof of my car, and I'm just like, oh my god. People, like, I saw you driving down the street. It's like, what are you doing? Are you working for Google? It looks like I have one of those like <laughs> yeah, yeah, Google yeah. cameras on the roof. It's just like, no, nah, it's just my it's my hydro foil. It's my new foil. Just, just don't don't ask about it. <laughs> don't don't even look at me. It's a lot of fun. It's like a, it's it's also like one of those things where if someone shows you footage of it, you're like. No, no, no. I was flying like <laughs> this was the coolest thing I've ever done. So don't don't tell me I didn't even leave the water. Yeah, yeah. Cuz learning, I mean like we I don't know if what your first foil wave was, but for me, I thought I was flying and I was you saw it. I was literally 
two inches above the water, not even, probably one inch. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm me. look at me, I'm Kai Lenny. And then <laughs> you guys were all like, uh, you should really try to get that thing out of the water next time. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, I, I think, especially with like the wave storms, the wave pools. Oh, the wave pools. I mean, my Talk God. the future of surfing. That's, I think if they can figure out how to make wave pools even more efficient, because that's the only problem is like, they're expensive. Yeah, a lot of energy. Like if they can just like figure out, because I mean, wave, that's gonna that's gonna open the door. Like, well, you know what? So here's my thought on the wave pools. I feel like it's gonna make a lot of high performance surfers if they can catch waves. Mm-hmm. So like, okay, in the wave pool, they're gonna be out of this world. We're gonna have 20 Kelly Slaters in the next couple of years but put them in the ocean and that's a totally different thing. You, you want, know, you currents, know weird? tides, winds, all that stuff is gonna totally throw those people for a loop. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking of somebody who exclusively starts learning in a wave pool. Just like Texas guy, lives right. in Waco. So the worst rip I've ever been stuck in my life was at Waco. <laughs> I literally, I swear to God, I caught a wave at Waco and I rode it all the way to the end, and then I got off and I just sat there, and there's so much energy in that pool that I got caught in this like whirlpool, and I couldn't get out of it. I was just spinning in a circle, and I'm like, are you out of, are you serious? That's one hour in Waco, you are literally more exhausted than one hour in the ocean, because you don't stop catching waves. Really? You're, oh, yeah, you catch yeah, a wave yeah, yeah, and you yeah. sprint paddle, you're trying to get back to the other side of the pool, you know, that's like a 300-yard sprint. You're like, I don't want to miss my wave. It's coming regardless if I get here or not. Yeah, yeah. So you get to the other side, you're like, I'm here. I'm ready. And also, <laughs> if there's if someone falls off of a wave in between your sprint, you can catch it. So, And most people fall. Like, you know, if there's a set of three, one of those guys is falling. And if you can swoop in there, that's your wave. So now you've you caught your wave. Then you caught half of someone else's. Now you've got about like... 45 seconds. You got to get to the other side of the pool. You're, you are sprinting. You're like, I'm getting over here. I'm not missing my wave. You get there and then you catch your wave and you do it again. After an hour, I was like seeing stars. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> I have never been this tired. I can't imagine someone, like I cannot imagine you, the ultimate frother. Like literally, if somebody asked me who's the biggest frother you know, who was amped on anything? I mean, it's not even a question in my mind. It's Tom Cassie. But like, I cannot imagine you in a wave pool. You must be like Energizer Bunny, just like nonstop, beat of the drum, doesn't stop, keeps going, <laughs> on rhythm. No, like. I was catching, so there's actually like, there's novelty waves in the pool. So like, when you, <laughs> there's one more wave. So, you know, first you catch your wave, then you try to catch someone else's wave that they fall on or they miss. Then when you're waiting for your wave, if you're like, you can't, there's three waves in the set. so. If you, you actually get back there and there's a group in front of you that goes, so you actually have a little more time than 45 seconds. You have one set, which maybe is like a minute. So when that when you get to the other side of the pool and you're, you're letting the next group catch their set and then you're up after them, you can catch, if it's a right, you can catch like a little soft, mushy left off of that right. <laughs> and so I was catching this like novelty little, like whatever it was a left or right, and just trying to pump it and do one turn before my wave. So you just gotta make sure, you know, don't neglect, don't neglect the novelty waves. No, no, there's something to learn from them all, of course. Like there's something, one turn is could make your day, you know? 
Dude. One surprise moment is all it takes of to like course. make your day. One little breakthrough in a turn or a, a little more above the lip than you've gone and you're just like, oh my God, I'm surfing so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that, mo that one moment of weightlessness or like just like surprise or freedom where you just feel like yes. you just count yourself out and your body's like, no, nah, we got this. And they pull it, it pulls it off. And then you gotta like rewrite your like, your story. Like, okay, I, I actually can do that. So next time I'm gonna do it, but I'm gonna believe I can do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 with intention. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like how you, I think surfing is one of those sports where, especially teaching it, where you're just like trying to con convince people like you actually can do this. Yeah, yeah, it's not that hard. It's not that far yeah. away, but you gotta believe it. You, you gotta believe yourself, you gotta believe be impossible. You got to believe the thing that you literally are telling yourself you can't do. Like in basketball, it's like you just stand here, you shoot a hundred shots, you're going to make one. And like it, I don't know if you need to believe it. Like you just keep trying, it's going to happen. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Just it, keep chucking the thing. In surfing, it's like you, you, you're going to see that, you're going to look over the edge and go, nope, nope. Until finally you're just like, something's going to give and you're going to have to just go. So I love, I love that about it. I love that. That, that commitment, that, that moment of just like kind of letting go where you're like, I'm going to, because I mean, you know, when the better you get in surfing, when the waves get serious, you have no idea what's going to happen. Like you, you're like, okay, this looks like a good one and I'm going to drop into this thing. And then you get down there and you're like, whoa, what have I put myself into? <laughs> what have I done? You're like, now it's time to dig myself out of this cave. Like, <laughs> like when, I mean, I've seen you on some waves, Chris, where it's just like, it's time like, you know, like the whole time I'm going, I don't know, I don't know. And you're, you just, but you just don't give up and it's like, just never give up. It's just like, it's like a sports movie. You're just like, everything's against you and you just don't give up and then you make it and you're like, okay. All right. How possible. about this for our wrap up? Uh, let's both call out a wave. We can think of each other. Cause I got one of you. You said something that made me think you were like, oh, I've seen you drop into a wave that blah, blah, blah. So that made me think of. What are like a significant wave that stood out about watching, you know, each other? And I got one. So do you remember for like three years in a row or four years in a row, Thanksgiving Eve pumped in Jersey? Yeah, and yeah. we had like three or four Thanksgiving Eves in a row where you and I went to Jersey and scored so hard, you know, and it was like, for some reason, I remember it being pretty cold, a few of them. Like yeah, maybe the water wasn't cold. like winter cold but the air was, you know, it was like winter was setting in and we were in full suit. <laughs> was it the day, I'm curious, it was the day that it was like raining? Uh, I think it was a little, I just remember like, it was a, it was especially big, so a lot of the places were like yeah. really burly yep. and we oh. surfed up north. Yes. And we were like, let's, and we stayed in a little bit more of a sheltered area where we got it and the swell was coming down. So we were like, we'll surf up here for the morning session, get some overhead tubes, nothing like too radical, and then we'll head south and get a little bit more of the juice. And so when we head south, well, like when we uh, headed south that day, we went down and we paddled out and I remember looking at it and thinking, wow, it's really good, it's really makeable, but it's really big and really top to bottom, really sketchy. Like it is, it's, 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 it's heavy out there. I remember this day because I religiously check this spot every time I go to Jersey. It's like, what's one of the first spots I check because I'm like, maybe today is gonna be the day again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just remember you, like I remember paddling out and being really conservative that day and like only picking off waves I really thought I was gonna make. 
and I remember seeing you pull into one that was like a 50-50, if not a worse chance in your favor. I mean, like you were probably not gonna make this wave and you didn't, but you fucking pull in under this giant, giant open tube that threw so hard, so far, it was cold, it was just like everything is against you and you just pull in and I was like, and I was paddling over the wave too. Like that's what was so significant about it is like I was paddling over the wave up the face as I'm watching you in the tube drop in and just being like, wow, Tom is an animal. He is charging and dude, it was so sick. I mean, honestly, I actually can remember a lot of your good waves, but this one stood out so hard in my mind because of the mentality you have. Like, Full on, no question, I'm going on this wave and let's see what happens after the fact. I love I love that mentality, especially like when you have a surfboard that like sort of adds to it. Because I remember the board I was on that day, I was so confident on it. It was like, mm. I could look at any wave and I was like, I can catch that and I, got it. I can make this. Mm -hmm. And it was like, just to know that, it was like, wow, this is like, this is how everyone should feel. You should be able to look at any wave and say, I can make this. So like having that magic board, like you, you know when you have it. Like when you have those magic boards, take care of them. Cause like <laughs> the day this board died was a sad day. And like, <laughs> I've never had a board like it since. Like it, I just remember like, you know, when, when you look at a wave and you don't have any fear and when you just look at it purely for like like for the science of it like I can go here I can make this like just the physics like my speed plus the, the shape of this wave the timing like this train leaves from Philadelphia at 5 o'clock and this one leaves in New York what time are they going to be at this point it's like this right, like, right, right, like right, you're right, just right, doing right. all this mo all yeah, in the yeah. moment you're like you're not thinking about fear you're like I'm going to make it here I'm timing it all and <laughs> yep. you just, like that when you're not thinking of fear that's when your surfing is just like elevated like when you're still focused like it like if you're nervous that's fine and if you have a little fear that's also good but like focus more on the wave because like the wave is your way out mm -hmm. you know it's right, like right yeah wave saves you the wave and honestly pulling into big waves like that that, that that's the safest way to, to be that's the safest place to be is inside the wave oh man i'm trying to think of a, a good one for you i know i've i'm thinking of like a day probably the outer bars here yeah. Like that was my second wave I would have called for you is like an outer bar wave because that's where I have a lot of good memories with you. When it comes to the outer bars, like you're the guy I call and you call me in because there's really, you know, most guys around here, they're, they're just looking for a jet ski. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A jet just, ski or a closer to shore wave. They just want that jet ski, the little help. They, I mean, they don't want to put the work in. Uh -huh. But man, like if you paddle into one of those, those outer bar waves here, you're just like flying. You fall. You're not going through the water. You're bouncing on the water. You're like, oh no, this is. I'm not in Kansas anymore. This is a legitimate wave. Like, yeah. But I remember seeing you paddle into this one. Like, it was this east swell. It was this day where it was just all lefts, and it was like a nor'easter. Like, day after a snowstorm. So like, we had this big Jonas. snowstorm. Probably, yeah, I think it yeah. was. Joe Tremini was out there. Yes, yes. And you yes. were out there, and you pull into this freaking free train of a left like just massive like scariest drop and the same thing just zero hesitation like you you saw the wave and you there wasn't even like a breath of hesitation you were just going just hell on the rail and you just airdropped and there was just like a big moment where you like weren't even on the wave and you like kept your hand on the board and you reconnected 
and just freaking set it, like set your line, pulled right in the tube, and it was, you were just gone. Like you made the wave, but it was like just the vision of you like falling through the air and just like just just so focused on your landing, just committing. You're like that 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 just stuck in my mind. Like because that day was just it was like one of those. It was the it was the best day ever at that point. Yeah, that the was, most recent. Best day yeah, ever. that was that was a top day still to this day for me. And uh, I remember calling you up and being like, "Dude, let's go. Bring your biggest board. <laughs> We're out there. It's like not a drop of water out of place, but every drop of water. There's like a million more drops of water than we've ever seen. Oh my <laughs> like, god! It's gonna be heavy. <laughs> I mean, like, I think like surfing, you you definitely like reaffirm your like your humanity in a way like where you're just like you think you know it all you think you've seen it all and then you go out there and then you just you know nothing and you're just you're just trying to survive and like everything you've done up to that point has gotten you to where you are at that moment but you got to find a way to make it happen and you got to just believe and I mean when you like when you get to that point whether it's a three-foot wave or a ten-foot wave or I don't I don't know about 50-foot waves but I'm sure it's it's a whole different level there just, just to be able to to believe in yourself and just commit and and just whether no matter what situation you put yourself in, say I'm gonna I'm gonna do my very best to get out of this. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you you always watch people from the beach and you go, that was the scariest wipeout I've ever seen. And you paddle up to the guy and you're like, hey man, like are you okay? And he goes, oh that was so easy. I, I popped right out the back. And you're like, are you kidding me? That wave was horrifying. <laughs> so. I don't know. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. It's just like, just you know, believe in yourself. Go for it. Like commit and try to stay present in the moment when you're doing it. Don't don't give don't assign emotions to those waves. Don't say like this wave is too scary. It's too big. It's too this too that. It's like look at it like this is a puzzle and I have to figure out how to get out of it. It's a more a maze. Love that. <laughs> it's a one-way maze. Love that. There's right only on. one way in, there's only one way out. <laughs> it's usually horizontal. I mean. <laughs> <laughs>